Welcome, welcome once again to this week's podcast. We're still sheltered in place at home, although some states are starting to open up. And so today we'll share together a great story from the Gospel of John, where Jesus talks about whose voice can you trust? Whose truth should you be listening to? Seems like a timely message for where we are right now, because we're hearing a lot of voices and a lot of different truths. So, welcome to this podcast, and I hope through the scripture and the music, you'll be able to relax a bit, take a deep breath, and learn a little bit about whose truth we ought to be listening to. Today's call to worship is from the most famous psalm of all time, the Shepherd's Psalm, or the 23rd Psalm. And it's set to a wonderful tune called Brother James Air. Let's call ourselves to worship. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me down to lie. In pastures green he leadeth me, the quiet waters by. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, the quiet waters by. My soul he doth restore again, and me to walk doth make. Within the paths of righteousness, e'en for his own name's sake. Within the paths of righteousness, e'en for his own name's sake. Yea, though I pass through shadows death, Yet will I fear no ill, for thou art with me, and thy rod and staff me comfort still. Thy rod and staff, they comfort still, they comfort still, still, still. My table thou hast furnished in presence of my foes. My head with oil thou dost anoint, and my cup overflows. My head with oil thou dost anoint, and my cup overflows. Goodness and mercy all my days will surely follow me. And in my Father's house always, my dwelling place shall be, and in my Father's house always, my dwelling place shall be. Our hymn today comes from 1895, the first year it was published. It is a song that was developed from a poem by Sarah Pratt McLean Green, who lived all the way until 1935. She writes about the very passage of scripture we're going to hear today from the Gospel of John, about Jesus as the one who masters the sheepfold and makes sure that all the sheep come a-gathering in. It's called Master of the Sheepfold. Oh, the master guards the sheepfold bin. He wants to know, is my sheep brung in? And he's calling, he's calling, Calling softly, softly, calling for them all to come gathering in. 
Oh, the master of the sheepfold, who guards the sheepfold bin, went out on the wind and the rain path, where the long night's rain begins. And he said to his hireling shepherd, Is my sheep as they all brung in? He said to his hireling shepherd, Is my sheep as they all brung in? And the hireling shepherd answered, There's some that's wan and thin, And some that's got all weathered, And they won't come a-gatherin' in. They is lost and good for nothing, but the rest they is all brung in. They is lost and good for nothing, but the rest they is all brung in. Oh, the master guards the sheepfold bin. He wants to know, is my sheep come in? And he's calling, he's calling, calling softly, softly calling for them all to come gathering in. Then the master of the sheepfold, who guards the sheepfold bin, went out on the wind and the rain path, where the long night's rain begins. And he let down the bars to the sheepfold, calling soft, come in, come in. He let down the bars to the sheepfold, calling soft, come in, come in. Then up through the gloom in the meadow, through the long night's rain and wind. Yes, up through the wind and the rain path, where the long night's rain begins, came the long lost sheep of the sheepfold. They all come a-gathering in. Oh, the long lost sheep of the sheepfold, well, they all come a-gathering in. Oh, the master guards the sheepfold bin. He wants to know, is my sheep rung in? Calling, he's calling, calling softly, softly, calling for them all to come rumbling in. Oh, the master guards the sheepfold bin, wants to know, is my sheep brung in? And he's calling, he's calling, calling softly, softly, calling for them all to come gathering in. Well, friends, just as promised, the New Testament reading today is from the Gospel of John, specifically the 10th chapter, the first 10 verses, in which Jesus is teaching the disciples about the character of God, about the nature of God's love. And Jesus relates it to a shepherd and a sheep gate. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. 
All who came before me are thieves and bandits. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Some years ago, I had the wonderful opportunity of traveling in the country of Jordan. We went to an ancient city called Petra. Now, Petra is a city in which the inhabitants, hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, carved great building facades right out of the rock face. You may have seen pictures of it, and actually, if you've seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the very last scene of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, it takes place in the city of Petra. Now, granted, the film takes a lot of leeway with what happens behind the facades. If you go to Petra and walk into the facades of these great carved out buildings, behind them is just a single room, probably a ceremonial room, probably not a place where people lived. And in the movie, they show it as the housing place of the great grail, the holy grail of Christ, which is totally untrue. But if you've seen the movie, then you've seen these facades, these carved rock faces called Petra. If you walk down past all of the carved facades at the very end of this trail in the ancient city of Petra, you'll come to a group of steps. Now, there's a lot of steps, a thousand or more steps. You walk up the top of these stone steps, and at the very top, there used to be a temple of some kind, but it's long since washed away with the weather and the elements. And now at the top of those steps, you have to use your mind's eye and imagine there's a big field. And in that field are flocks of sheep and the shepherds, all housed in tents and yurts. It's pretty much as it would have been at the time of Christ, uh, with a couple of exceptions. The tents and the yurts all have satellite dishes now so that the shepherds can watch TV and have internet at night. But other than that, <laughs> it looks pretty much like it would have back in the time of Christ. And when I traveled there some years ago, I was struck by the fact that all the shepherds sort of live together in these tents and these yurts, and all of their sheep mingle out in the middle of this great pasture way up on this high ridge. And at night, they all come together into their own pens. How do the shepherds gather their sheep in? Well, they go out and actually call to them in this high-pitched yell. It's almost like a cross between a yodel and a scream. And every shepherd has their own style. It's like uh, sometimes if you go to a state fair someplace in the Midwest, and they have hog-calling contests, and they go to great lengths to scream out in a loud voice some form of suey-suey, and they have a contest to see who can have the loudest and the most unique and often the funniest kind of scream to call the pigs. Well, it's very similar to that. Each shepherd has his own high shrilled call and they call out to their sheep. And remarkably enough, all these sheep who are mingled together in the middle of this vast field all go to a different corner near their own shepherd. They, they know the shepherd's voice. So I have to imagine that when Jesus told this tale of the shepherd calling to the sheep 
and the sheep knowing their own shepherd's voice and running away from a stranger's voice, that Jesus was helping those who would listen know something that they already had some experience with, shepherds calling to their sheep, and the sheep knowing enough to separate out, go to their own shepherds, and be locked up safe overnight in the sheepfold or the sheep pen. The hymn that we have today is all about the master of the sheepfold and the writer of that great poem from 1860 or before is writing all about how the master guards the sheepfold bin and wants to know, is my sheep brung in? He calls out, calls out to the sheep and they all come gathering in. This sheet music, first published in 1895, is all about this passage of scripture in John. And the lesson that Jesus is teaching his disciples is a lesson about going to one whose voice you recognize, someone who tells the truth. There are so many different parts to this scripture, it's hard to know where to center today's message. But I want to talk about recognizing the voice, hearing the stranger's voice, and running away from it, and hearing the master's voice and being drawn to it. We are in the midst of a time in which we're hearing lots of voices. People are talking to us all over the place, and everybody seems to be purporting their own truth. I have long been an advocate of the fact that our 24-7 news cycle is a great blessing, because you can understand what's going on in the world instantly, anytime, day or night, 24-7. But it's also a problem along the way because these 24-7 news cycles, they all need to have breaking news 24-7. And so you can log on to CNN or Fox News or any of the others in between, and you can find a particular point of view anytime you want, day or night. And it always has to be breaking news because otherwise they feel like they can't get you to watch. The other part of the difficulty with 24-7 news cycles is stations have begun to take a particular point of view or a particular side of the political spectrum. Now, I'm old enough to remember a time in which we thought some of the most trusted people in America were our newscasters. I remember a poll back in the 60s in which Walter Cronkite became the most trusted voice in America. Now, whether that was true or not, it was something that we all believed. And nowadays, not so simple. A few years ago, I decided to try an experiment. And for 16 months, I listened to equal parts of Fox News and CNN. Because I wanted to understand why our country can be so split. And information, which is supposed to be factual, can be so different depending on which station you listen to. Well, wow, I got an earful. Fox News and CNN tell the same stories almost all the time, but you can hardly recognize them. They are entirely different. I recommend the exercise. You might be able to not stand it for 16 months, but it's important to try and understand how, quote-unquote, the other side is getting their news from the 24-7 news cycle because we hear very different points of view from very different sources. And during this pandemic, it has never been more true than it is now.
You can hear news stories about what's happening with the COVID-19. You can hear news stories about the pandemic. You can hear news stories about whether or not we should be opening up our country, whether or not we should be staying home and staying safe to save lives. It is a real morass of different points of view. And depending on which station you decide to listen to, if you only listen to one side of the story, the information can really be skewed. It is difficult to sort through all the 24-7 news cycle and try to find some truth. And how about politicians? I don't even know where to begin with that point of view. Every politician seems to have his or her own point of view. Why are they so different? Because for the most part, and not for all of them, but for the most part, politicians have a different agenda than necessarily our well-being. I don't mean to be the harbinger of bad news, but most politicians are hoping to get re-elected. Most politicians are hoping for that sound bite that will give them a better image in the public forum. Most politicians don't really have truth at heart. They have some semblance of truth that they can spin to make sure you hear just what you want to hear so you'll vote for them. It is hard to sort through politics and to sort through speeches and find any semblance of the truth. What about the internet? Oh my gosh, the internet is everywhere. You log on to Facebook or you log on to any of the social media sites and you will find as many points of view as there are people posting. And every one of them is absolutely sure that they're right. And they'll post and they'll post and they'll post. Sometimes I believe they believe that if they post enough, you'll be so overwhelmed with the numbers of the posts that you believe that what they're saying is true. It is more and more difficult in this day and age to sort through and find a voice of truth. This last week, I was actually thinking about my father. Now, my father has long since passed away. As a matter of fact, this week would have been a day in which he would have celebrated his 100th birthday. But I think about my father as a voice of truth. Now, he was no saint. I'm sure as the stories came out after he passed away, we all discovered as his children and his grandchildren that there is no one on earth who's perfect. But when I was a kid, his voice was a voice of truth. I just want to tell you one story to help illustrate that. I was a person who had terrible nightmares when I was seven, eight, and nine. It was the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis. It was a time in which we were all very afraid that the world might come to an end through nuclear war. And I was so petrified of this that at night I used to have night sweats and horrible nightmares and even got up and walked around the house sometimes screaming. I'm not proud of it, but that's the way my childhood was for a short time. And there was only one voice that could calm me down in all of that. It was the voice of my father. He didn't talk all that much, to be honest. He was a fairly quiet person when he was at home. Although later I worked with him at his place of work and I discovered he wasn't very quiet at work. He must have saved up all his conversation for those people he worked with, but he was pretty quiet at home. But when he did speak, when my father would say something, you'd listen, you'd care about what he said and the way in which he held his mouth, and the way in which his eyes twinkled. You could tell a great deal. And he was always, for me, a voice of reason 
and a voice of truth. If my father said it, I felt like I could take it to the bank because there was one voice in my life that I could always trust. I was flipping through the internet the other day looking for truths, if you will, and I ran across a wonderful YouTube video of a young baby that had just been born. It was crying and crying and crying, and the nurses in the unit in which he was being held couldn't get the young baby to stop crying. He was a newborn, and for some reason he had enough colic that he couldn't bring himself to stop crying. And the mother tried to comfort the baby to no avail, and finally the father came in and just spoke a few words, and the baby completely zeroed in on the father's voice, stopped crying, and as much as the newborn baby can focus with its eyes not completely developed, it looked right into the face of its father and looked like it was listening. Later, the family helped the nurses understood, understand what happened. The father had talked to the baby through the mother's skin all the time the baby was in the womb. And social scientists now have begun to believe that the voice of a father, even coming through the womb, is something that a child will recognize when it's born. This scripture passage is all about those kinds of voices in our lives. Voices that can cut through the 24-7 news cycle. Voices that can cut through the internet. Voices that can cut through the political jabber that's happening all around us. Voices that we can trust, that we can pay attention to, that begin to make sense. In this modern time of the pandemic, there's been a few voices like that. I have listened to Dr. Fauci for many, many press conferences. And I don't know if he's a morally perfect person. I would doubt it. I don't know any morally perfect people. But his voice seems to be a voice of reason. He's not talking spin. He's not talking politics. And often he says things to me that I don't want to hear about how long the effects of this pandemic will last, about how we will enter into a new abnormal, if you will, and how much testing we have to have to make sure we can reopen the states. Because all of us want to get back to some semblance of normal. And sometimes the voice of Dr. Fauci doesn't seem to ring true for us because he says things we don't want to hear. And that's certainly the case in today's scripture passage. Jesus is speaking to his disciples words of truth. And not all of it do they want to hear. Later, he's going to speak to them and tell them that he will go into Jerusalem and he will be beaten and he will be crucified and he will have to rise from the dead. And that's information they do not want to hear. But it is the truth. So I wonder, in this time of COVID-19, in this time of pandemic, in this time of 24-7 news cycle, in this time of politicians screaming at us from all sides, in this time of social media, if we can begin to wade through all of those distractions and listen for people who have our best interest at heart, listen to those who are seeking to tell us the truth, not to boost their own ratings, not to make themselves look better, but to speak truth to us, about what the future will be like and how we should react. That certainly is a lesson that Jesus was trying to teach us. 
and I have found in my own personal faith such a voice. My prayer time, my time of silent meditation, as I've been all but alone in the church office during this time of lockdown, these times have been very precious to me. No distractions, no politicians yelling at me, no Facebook in my face, nobody coming at me from the 24-7 news cycle, just a moment of silence, a quiet time for me to sort through what I believe to be true, what I believe to be a voice of reason in what I should be doing, not only for myself, especially not for myself, but for others that are around me. It really helps to center me. It really helps me to understand when Jesus is saying, listen for the voice of the true shepherd. Run away from strangers who are trying to break in like thieves and bandits and be drawn to the voice who is speaking the truth, the voice of the good shepherd. For this, we need some time alone, some time in prayer, some time to listen to the voice of reason. And so I end with the chorus of that same hymn that we began with. Oh, the master guards the sheepfold bin. He wants to know, is my sheep brung in? And he's calling, he's calling, calling softly, softly calling for us all to come gathering in. Well, another podcast has come to an end, and I hope you've had a chance through the music and the scripture to understand something about whose truth we ought to be listening to. It's a tough question, and I hope everyone will find their own truth to listen to, for we're listening to a lot of voices in this day and age, and I hope that there'll be some way we can sort through those voices and find the one that is true. Let's pray together. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and give us peace. Amen. Amen. My friends, the service here is ended. May we go in peace. Amen. <laughs>